everyone, welcome to another new episode of Not Your African Cliché. Um, this is Amayo Basi talking, and I'll let everybody else introduce themselves. Hi, this is Onyeka, aka Yeka O. This is Ife Olua, aka Ife. Hi everyone, this is Ife Iwa. Welcome everyone. Um, so this episode is... Well, it's going to center around African entrepreneurship. Um, it might veer onto other topics. We'll try and keep it within, you know, our allotted time and topic, but, um, that's what it's going to be about. Uh, I don't know if you want to start the episode with how everybody's week went, what you guys are up to, anything new in your lives. Well, this is Yeka O. And, um, I mean, I just had a birthday, so that's new in my life. I'm one year older, <laughs> even though I'm in denial. Thanks, thanks guys, you're too kind. Um, <laughs> school was in full swing, so we're back um, to, you know, class, research. Hey, guys. Hmm. Mighty God. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to like frame this on? in a way whereby so I mean I've been TAing and stuff and I have classes that I'm teaching or whatever and for the first time I had students cheat bruh Ooh. oh wow and so you're like you're bruh, in this bruh, place bruh. where like you you know that they shouldn't be cheating right so just it's a ball of <laughs> ethics for me right now because I'm like you shouldn't do that but then I'm a student, and th- but then I'm like, what would Jesus do? So that's kind of <laughs> the phase where I am right now with the situation. We have a meeting, so we'll, we'll see how that goes tomorrow, y'all. We'll see. But that's me. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> um, I can talk about my week. I... I also just had a birthday, Ooh, hashtag 25, and that was, happy I think birthday. 25, like, feels like, um, yeah, it's the best birthday yet, and, I yeah, nothing, I don't remember any other birthday that can top 25, um, yeah, it was just great to have people, like, fly in and drive from wherever they were and come out and... I got a ukulele, Saw that. and oh um, so I've been practicing, and it's awesome. And um, yeah, actually, that my birthday weekend, I got to rent a car, and that was very liberating. <laughs> I, was like, so, I was like, so this is what it feels like to have a car. Literally, you get in and you go. <laughs> so it was just an awesome experience, and. Um, it was good to be able to drive my brother and um, my friend around and take them to the airport. And, you know, I just felt very grown. So it was just like a nice way to start at 25. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's my been my week. That's great. Happy <laughs> belated birthday again, guys. Thanks. <laughs> well, my week was pretty standard. I've been back from holiday as the Brits call it. They don't call it vacation, they call it holiday. Nice. I've back for a holiday from holiday for about two weeks and just getting back into the groove of things. And there was some, you know, work drama this past week that I can't go mm. into much detail about, but basically mm. the cocoa is that you should always 
always be on top of your resume always you know you might be you might be at a good place at work right now well, but it's a good idea to keep thinking ahead and keep thinking okay what's my next move what's my one year plan what's my two year plan things like that Sha, because <laughs> these streets ain't loyal that's the summary <laughs> of my week for you <laughs> these streets ain't loyal but again um, and i'm also apartment hunting or flat hunting as they say so any leads to housing in London will be very much welcome and appreciated. <laughs> nice. Um, well, for me, nothing is new. This is Amayo. There's nothing really new going on. Um, I guess I'm finally using this mic that Ife got me and I feel so professional. <laughs> like It's so strange. I can hear every single sound that's coming in through, I don't know, the, maybe the next, I don't know miles squared from here um but yeah no that's pretty much all that's new in my life um nice. so yeah i thought i would i thought we'd start this episode and this is very random and i didn't tell you guys ahead of time because i didn't want you guys to overthink it but i thought i would just start <laughs> by asking so what is your let's say favorite or any new african company or group that you've either come across recently or you've had um pinned on pinterest or on your mind for a long time and just want to talk about it freely um so if you just like could run over one company or african one african company or group or hmm. you know new enterprise that you're excited about hmm. well this is onyeka and i'm gonna <laughs> be a tad bit biased over here <laughs> i just um... knew i knew you were going to <laughs> I was going to say accept companies of yours, but okay, fine if you want. I just, I have to. So my brother and I um, run a startup company called The Cardiac Movement. And basically what we do is we use a fashion accessory. It's a 3D printed brooch to raise awareness on cardiovascular diseases and the effect that it has, especially in the Nigerian context. Um, and what I love about it the most is the fact that although it is a profit-making business, um, 50% of the proceeds go towards um, surgeries for people who can't afford to have them back home. Um, I just recently concluded an interview with a guy in Nigeria who um, was born with a hole in his heart, and we're just going over you know, how much it has cost him for the last two surgeries he had, and he came somewhere around 80,000 pounds. And so, you know, I'm thinking to myself, the average person who is suffering from the same thing, but whose parents can't afford to, um, you know, take them abroad for surgery, like, what are they doing? How are they surviving? So um, that's what our startup is. Um, our website is www.thecardiacmovement.com. So please go support, um, check it out and tell all your friends about it. Yeah, that's me. Thank you, Anika. Nice. Okay, I'll go next just because I have thought about mine briefly. Um, <laughs> so I will say, I don't, I, I'm not sure if this is my favorite one, but I just came across this um, new um, company a few days ago because they followed me on Instagram. And mm. I was like, okay, fine, let me actually check out what this is about. And they make these really cute, colorful baskets, like hand woven baskets. I cannot even express my deep joy upon 
like <laughs> scrolling through this page. It's just so bright and colorful. And they make these baskets for babies and like puppies and cats or just like any multi, like multi-purpose baskets. But it's called Dua. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. D-U-A. It's a Ghanaian, um, it's, I guess it was founded in Ghana. And I guess that's where the weavers are. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's really great. It's really, like, they're helping, um, local weavers there. Um, it's all about fair trade and all that good stuff. And I really hope they take off because this is just amazing. Like, hand woven. Ah, God, please check this thing out. <laughs> Again, if only for the great Instagram photos and the puppies and the kittens. Then, yeah. Sorry, I sprung this on you guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. All right, I can talk about the the Nigerian ventures that I that excite me right now. This is Ifeo okay. was speaking, and one of the ones that really makes me happy, but simultaneously makes me sad because of the reason why we need it, is Life Bank. So this woman, Temi Giwa, started up started started a health related a health services startup, which is they organize blood donation. So we have the Nigerian Red Cross and all of that, but statistics have shown that I think twenty or thirty percent of the HIV cases in Nigeria are gotten from blood transfusions. And there was a there was a hmm. hospital that had to be shut down. I think it was Bagada or something. There was a general hospital that had to be shut down because they were mixing. They basically had HIV positive blood and HIV negative blood in the same general area, in the same storage room. And I, why are you keeping HIV positive blood? Why? Anyway, this this startup is aiming to just make the process better and matching match, matches hospitals that need blood with the bank. Anyway, it's, it's really exciting and I'm happy that it exists. So, yeah. Oh, and another one. Can we do more than one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Another one that makes me happy that I have a personal connection to is Recyclers. So mm-hmm. they are Nigeria's first recycling venture with a focus on community engagement. So what they do is that they encourage people to recycle and they give them points. So the more you recycle, the more points you get. And you are able to redeem those points at the end of a period of time for some prizes. So it's also powered by bicycles. So it's also eco-friendly in that regard because the people who come by and take up your recyclables are on bikes. So it's it's environmentally friendly in in that regard. And I know the CEO personally. Shout out to Bill Case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I'm left. <laughs> i mean so i had to like look stuff up because i'm just trying to get the facts straight um two or actually three things that came to mind is uh when you talked about like african entrepreneurship is a and Della. I guess they like have an application process and people apply and supposedly it's really selective and so they select a couple people based on those applications and they train them to code and um, gain skills. Um, and then I guess then they like coordinate with companies and those people that they've trained through, I guess a very rigorous program are then hired by that company. Mm-hmm. And it's founded 
maybe co-founded by Inyolua. Um, I'm I was forgetting his last name for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also what, another thing that came to mind is MM Oko, mm-hmm. who, um, for the longest time has been running an Etsy store called the African Fascinator. And actually yesterday I wore, um, this necklace that she handmade and I got so many questions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just amazing, like what she's done, a lot of handmade, mm-hmm. um, accessories, um, that she's made with using like African prints Mm -hmm. and that's like a business that she's had for a while and then lastly I was thinking of Obina Ukwani who um I've met and he's very passionate about education and technology and entrepreneurship in Africa and he's a Nigerian and he's the founder and CEO of Makers Global Incorporation and actually he's I think in the process of I don't know whatever that lo- what the process looks like, but essentially making the first STEM school in in um, in Africa, and he's planning to make create the school in Enugu, oh, nice. um, Enugu, which is in Nigeria, and he's also the founder of like Exposure Robotics. So it's like a program for a couple of weeks training Nigerian Nigerian youths who are interested um, to learn robotics and be. Um, yeah, pick up a couple skills during that summer program. And so these are like a couple things that come to mind. Um, there's some others that I'm definitely forgetting that I don't have all the facts on. But yeah. Hi, thank you guys for sharing. I feel like there's one thing I, I've been thinking about. I feel like Africans, or, I, we're all talented and we all have smarts and skills. But I feel like there's just this huge wave of, I don't know if it's just me or maybe I'm just late to the game, but there's this <laughs> huge wave of like so many new African companies and programs and, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one that thinks this. <laughs> no, I don't think you're the only one. Okay. Oh, this is the thing I haven't been introduced <laughs> to myself. Um, yeah, I don't think you're the only one. And I think that phenomenon has actually been... like classified as Africa rising Mm -hmm. and you know that phrase in of itself has prompted several essays and articles and think pieces Mm -hmm. on people either people who find it problematic or people who agree with it Mm -hmm. but yeah I don't think you're the only one Amaya I think yeah because I feel like even though even though Africa is rising we still have a long way to go yes but Mm -hmm. I think there have been like based on the many articles I've posted in the Google in the Google spreadsheet. Um there are so many challenges that we still have to overcome. I mean, not which I don't think are unique to us. I guess other countries or other um, um what's it called? Other places have overcome many of these challenges. And I don't know, like what do you guys think about sorry my I'm so, I'm so sorry guys my battery's about to die let me unplug this. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Um. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think we still have a long way to go? Do you think at least we're even making strides? Like, what do you guys think about the current state of you know business in Africa? Doing business in Africa, people getting their ideas across different countries, different continents. Um, what, what's your take? Um, 
I think oh, that this is Ife speaking. I think that the major barrier we have is still the major barrier that Nigeria has is still the power problem. So we are mm. at this internet age where everything is online. And you can't get online if there's no electricity. Mm-hmm. So electricity, the lack of electricity is crippling everything from internet-based, internet-based um, businesses to industrial, you know, in, industrialization and people who have factories and manufacture actual goods. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a fundamental. It's really, yeah, sure. it's a fundamental. It's 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 a. <laughs> I don't even know what what to use to describe it because it just affects everything. It permeates everything Mm -hmm. because if there's no power, you can't, you know, it's just, and it just depresses you because then you Mm -hmm. have to spend money on, on gas, Mm -hmm. on on, um, petrol to, to power on a generator. And Mm -hmm. doing that costs a lot of money. And we are a country, we are an all producing country Mm -hmm. that we don't have, we don't have working refineries. Anyway, don't let me go down this rabbit hole of <laughs> what's fucked up in Nigeria. But yeah, so I think our major problem is power. It's, it's, huh. yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you. Sorry. Sorry, um, go on, <laughs> This is Onyeka. Um, and I think, you know, comparing both Nigeria, I guess, Africa, and you know other continents as well there are some similarities between the problems that we face um whether as young entrepreneurs or not um and then there are some things like if it has pointed out that are unique to our nigerian context or african context or whatever you want you want to call that um so as far as something that's unique you know well, maybe not the unique part. Let's do something that's similar. Um, you know, the whole idea of as a young person, if you're trying to start a business um, and you want to get a bank loan, you know, one of the articles that we read said something that I was like, you better preach on that message. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so the first thing was like, um, you know, you go to a bank for a loan and they're busy scrutinizing your bank account. And the question is, you know, what are you funding here? Are you funding the person's bank account? Are you funding the person's concept? Um, and so I think um, both internationally and in Nigeria, because that's what I know, um, you definitely have that problem. Now, with regards to things that are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I just said it. Unique. Mm, there we go. Things that are unique <laughs> to the Nigerian context. Power definitely being one of the huge ones, but structure, right? So you're running a business. Um, I think here in the United States, you're running a business. You know, you go and you sign a contract with your boss. Um, you know, this is these are the times that you're coming to work. These are the times that, you know, you have on holiday. This is, you know, there's a structure versus like you're running a Nigerian business. Um, I don't know how many people sign contracts these days, especially with startups and things like that. But you mm-hmm. might have workers who are like, I don't feel like showing up today. So, you know, I ain't going to show up. Or, you know... <laughs> People who are like, oh, I was too sick, you know, so there isn't like necessarily a system where they can record the number of hours that they have worked for the day or, you know, and people just abuse the lack of a system. So it makes it really, really hard to run a business and be profitable while doing that. I don't know if that makes sense. And speaking on, this is Ife, sorry. This is Ife speaking. Speaking on uh, the lack of structure, I think it Mm -hmm. also... It's a weird symbiosis because people who run small businesses to and employ people, 
they sometimes they don't pay people for like two months. Mm. They won't pay mm. people that are working oh my for gosh. them two months salary. So it's just it's a weird it's it's really it's, weird. And yeah. Nigerians have found a way to make it work, but it's mm-hmm. still it's not the it's not the best ecosystem for yeah. business. To and this thrive. this solution, this solution to making it work is part of the whole managing mm-hmm. like why are we always managing it? <laughs> Why can't we just do something the right way, the way it should be done, get it done, and move on to something else? No. Uh, before they pay your salary, you'll be managing this one two months ago, yeah, two months ago, two months salary. But yeah, so I just, that's like one thing I've talked about to many people here. Always the idea of, oh, we'll just get by and we'll just, you know, this is, this is how it is, though, so we're just going to stay stick with it. Why can't we, you know, aim for perfection in all that we do right. mm. well yeah i agree like there are many fundamental issues and i think i mean to be very self-criticizing there are many issues that you know are beyond our control but there are also many issues that i think we could not easily tackle but tackle and at least make some progress mm-hmm. so i mean this whole idea of like i said like i just said the whole managing thing but also people don't want to invest the time and energy needed to get things done. Hmm. It's like a very, I don't want to say lazy mindset, but, and even when like there's the CEO or the founder who has this great vision, it's so hard to get other people on board hmm. to be like, okay, yes, I believe in this too. Like we can make this work. People will not get jealous. and that. Hmm. Like all these like other things that shouldn't be a problem. <sighs> and then like, like, um, if I said, the whole power, the power problem, that one is just, it's such a sad thing because I know one of the articles that we read talks about how many of these great ideas start in rural areas mm-hmm. of the continent or the country. And it's like, how do they even break out of that cycle of, you know, being in an area that's so undeveloped? It's like, how do they, you know, get to the nearest cyber cafes to type up a draft, to make a proposal, to, you know, make, um, complete the application of a bank loan before they now get to the bank. They have no collateral to, like, it's a really, it's a terrible cycle that is, it's hard to break out of if you're not already in a good position to start a business. It's hard to get the funding. It's hard to, establish yourself but before I, i'm talking too much well, let me just what do you guys what do you have anything else to say i think this is if i speak oh if anyone hasn't spoken let if if anyone speak i mean go on if you have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something on your chest <laughs> no no i can wait i just want to you know make sure we all get a turn yeah i mean what i was going to say is some of the yeah some of the challenges to African entrepreneurship, like one article pointed out, is sometimes the absence of conducive regulatory environment. Mm-hmm. So all that grammar to say uh, bureaucracy <laughs> yeah. and needing connections and all the hoops and hurdles you have to jump through, all the hands you have to put money in under the table and how those things can either deter or um, just discourage people who are trying to start something, start up a business. And I haven't personally gone through that process, but I can't imagine 
what it's like. Um, even, for, for example, not even starting a business, but just trying to do something as simple as get to work. Mm. You know, you get stopped on the road and somebody's asking you to uh, give them lunch money. You know, so you can see how those things like will trickle into a person trying to start a business and who they have to talk to and whose uncle they need to, you know, um, Mm -hmm. talk to and like, you know, possibly some, um, obviously there's some necessary checkpoints that businesses have to go through, but there, I feel like there's some environments that are really harsh and can, um, hinder, um, certain businesses and companies from, um, starting yeah, I agree and what I this is if I, what I wanted to say or another thing that I that I think poses a hurdle is the hostile environment for learning <laughs> I don't know if that is but basically it's really yeah. it is not conducive at mm. all to innovation so I'm thinking back I, I guess we still have our education topic to talk about so you know mm-hmm. we, we're going to we said we're going to have an episode to talk about education. But I remember being in secondary school and, for example, physics experiments that we're doing. We're just doing them to get the hell out of there as Aww. quickly as possible. It wasn't a, It wasn't an exercise in learning. It was an exercise in, it was routine. It was roots. It was, oh, this is what you have to do. I think mm-hmm. the only labs that I enjoyed in secondary school were biology lab and sometimes chemistry lab because you see the thing changing in front of you. Because <laughs> You can see the litmus paper turning blue or red. So there was some interesting, there was some, some excitement then for mm-hmm. biology, biology lab. You, could, you got up close and personal with <laughs> dead rabbit. Dead, dead lizard has been dead for 10 years or however long. <laughs> No, but was, but I don't know how long they kept those things. Those things were were nasty. But there was some. But basically, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that there's no enjoyment in creating. There's no. Mm-hmm. It was all about cramming. It was all about grades, grades, grades. There was mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that culture of innovation. And t- thinking about even our tertiary institutions, there are polytechnics and there are mm-hmm. universities and there are. So, um, was was FUTA Federal University oh, of Technology, Technology Science? Yeah. Yeah. So we have all of those things that were created, but instead of us to so so we could focus our students into focus them on solving problems per- peculiar to Nigeria society. So mm. I mean, if mm. all of the students in studying physics in all the universities in Nigeria, like if they were if they were if they were well if we're given the the conducive environment to and the direction and the leadership to think of ways to solve our power problem i'm sure we could have solved our power we're smart we have smart people in our universities we have brilliant people in our universities but there's just that it's just our universities are just a place that churn out graduates without any actual learning do you understand what i'm saying like yeah. it's all very rote and very oh you know, get it to one, go walk in it back, get it to one. <laughs> like, it's just, hmm. there's no, hmm. anyway, sure. so that's, I don't, my thoughts are, I can't articulate my thoughts properly. Yeah, this right this now, education but... episode has to happen, bro, because as you were talking, yeah. I was like, there's this part, yeah. there's this, there's so, so many things that we can expand on, just based mm-hmm. on what you said. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And talking about the makers, one of the articles that mm-hmm. I read about the maker space, if our schools mm-hmm. were maker spaces, if there were there were such environments for children, even as young as nursery school to just go and tinker and you know say, Oh, you know, this make you know create something that makes this pulley uh, or that helps us transfer water from point A to point B. Like all these things, all the scenarios that allow people to flex their problem solving skills and really mm-hmm. think of innovative ways. We need those spaces in Nigeria. So if if they're not happening in schools, we need to create them in some other social area of our lives. Uh-huh. We're so somber. Why are we so somber? When you think about it, it's a huge problem. It's so huge. You know, we're talking about problem solving. You know, one thing my brother and I talk about all the time is the need to just think. We're so busy, like, facing all the challenges of this life that we don't even (laughs) take the time to just think. Like, I feel if a lot of us just said, you know what, for one hour, right? I'm just going to sit down and think. We're not going to be able to do it because we're going to be thinking about, instead of thinking about like creative stuff, where they're thinking about, oh, I got to pay this bill. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this kid needs to go to this class. So I'm going to pick up, the, the, pick them up at this time. To, like we don't, we don't think. And I think that that's something, like you said, educationally, it's a curriculum problem. And even to some extent though, I see it happening here in the U.S. as well, with the classes I'm teaching, mm-hmm. like, you have these kids who do have the environment, right? But what mm-hmm. do they care about? They care about how many points do I need to get to make an A in this class? That's if they're good. Or what's the least amount of effort that I need to put into this class to make a passing grade? So regardless of just, you know, making those environments, because I think here, like, what what's your excuse? You don't have one, right? We just need to parent, oh, parents... Mm, like i love you guys but yeah we need to be encouraging our kids to do more like math english fabulous but there are other things that your kids can also be doing don't just limit them to you know when in my days i made a one right in everything okay cool yeah, I'm just going to stop here before I get into problems with my parents. Well, and, you know, this is the thing I was speaking, just to, um, I guess, maybe, yeah, I guess kind of push back, Anika, to what you said. Um, the thing about entrepreneurship is that it's risky, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as parents, you want what is safe for your kids. Mm-hmm. So I remember, like, when I was younger, I think this is kind of veering off topic, but just bear with me. Like my mom saw some kids playing football, and she made a comment like, "Not every, not a, not every person who's plays football can be uh, what's that guy's name? Kanu Wanko can be JJ Okocha." And you know, in my head back then, you know, I, I didn't voice my opinions because mm, I was like, at least, but you you can't be the next Kanu Wanko if you don't mm-hmm. try. Like, how will you know without trying? And I think sometimes that's the I think the fear is that entrepreneurship, even for a person who's trying to start that business, there's so many mm-hmm. risks. And and I think where the parents come in is that, you know, they don't want, they're like, oh, what would dance do for you? They want what is safe and has been has been shown to work. Mm-hmm. And so that means like getting straight A's and finishing school and having that degree. Um, and I don't know, I'm also like, I just, I'm thinking about uh, Mac, 
Uh, what's his name, Seth? I forget his name. Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he didn't. I mean, wow. he did finish. He didn't finish Harvard, right? He dropped mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. to to you know start Facebook and um, Steve Jobs. Did he finish? I don't know if he finished. Did he finish school? I don't no. think he did. Yeah, I'm not sure he did. But like you know, because I feel like there's some R. people R. who. Hmm. Um. All right, Pink. <laughs> Um, there's some people who are entrepreneurs and they do start businesses and they do finish school. Not to say that you have to drop out of school to be successful, mm-hmm. but there's some people who like those, the pressure of getting, you know, straight A's and be, trying to fit into a box. They can't do that mm-hmm. and they drop out or they go pursue, you know, what it is that they're really after. And there's some people who realize the value of that degree and use it to start mm-hmm. businesses, um, but all that to say is that entrepreneurship is risky. And somebody was talking about, like, um, I think the federal loan, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, systems and how mm-hmm. it's hard to get funding. Right. But even in the States, it's hard to get funding. It just reminded me of this podcast, Startup, that you actually recommended to me, which the first couple of episodes was how to make the best pitch, how to convince somebody to give you money, mm-hmm. to invest their money in what you're interested in doing. And that's also something that needs to be taught mm-hmm. and needs to be encouraged because entrepreneurship is risky. Even some of the people who like we're praising for having started... Andela is not the first... Um, business that uh you know lua started yeah you know, there's so many so many people who are successful they tried so many things before um finding out what worked and some people tried so many things and nothing worked and you know they just didn't try anymore and one article did mention that like one advice is to keep on trying mm-hmm. and especially like we we're saying like in in even in developed countries, like you have to try multiple times and some environments are not always conducive and nice and, you know, comfortable. Some of them are really hostile, but having to persevere in spite of mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, I think one more thing that I want to see without delving too deep into this educational topic, because we have to see this one. Um, I feel like there are so many things that we can that can be taught in our schools that can make us more well-rounded people. And in, I mean, not just in the sense of like applying for jobs, but more rounded in the sense that we're more exposed to the risks mm. that are out there to start our own businesses. We're more prepared to, um, you know, present ideas to others. But like, I feel like we focus so much on, you know, getting those grades and you know, getting the first class or the second class upper or getting the five point oh GPA. But they don't really help us develop soft skills that can help us be independent in the workplace. So, for example, I know in my school, we had um, public speaking classes. So, things like that, like groups in that can help you. like school? Well, yeah, in my secondary school, but also in, like, in my university. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, um, so, yeah, I think like, I, could help, like, I could help with, like, giving a work, like, a pitch to a potential investor or, you know, always, I know in university, they're always saying, okay, work on your elevator, like your elevator speech. Mm-hmm. Like what, would, yeah. like what would be your brief summary of yourself or your company if you walked into, like, I don't know, one of the top angel investors in the, like, you know, things like that. Like, I could prepare you to be a business person. I know there's, there's many people who have great ideas that could make more, like so many million, millions of dollars, but they don't have, they don't know how to be 
professional or how mm. to be business people, how to be business minded. Mm. So like all that mm. is kind of a waste. Yeah. So I I mean I just things like that. Like I for example, um soft skills. So how to write a resume. Mm. I got two resumes from people who <laughs> got who had like first classes or second class uppers in university. I'm telling you, when I opened those resumes, I I could not control myself. I was just in shock <laughs> at what I saw. Not only were there spelling mistakes, but like just unnecessary information in there. Like I don't want to know who your mother is on your resume. Are you serious? Mm. Like how is that? Like how? Like, how? Like I don't need your father. And somebody now used his mother as a referee. I'm just like, bro, no way. Am I going to call your mother for a referral? Mm-hmm. Am I dumb? I'm just like, I don't, I don't mean to make fun of them. Like, that's actually really bad that I'm laughing. But things like that, like, more, you know, professional development than, okay, what can I do to get my first class? You know, who can I, you know, uh, but yeah, education, different topic. <laughs> All right. Can, so, I, can I say one more yeah, thing? Please. I'm so sorry. So one thing that came to my mind while we're talking about all these, you know, um, skills, communication and networking. Mm. Precious mm-hmm. Lord, yeah. take my hand. Okay. So, <laughs> guys, I know I'm being a little extra, but it's something that I take very personally because I feel like personally, I am not an extrovert right if i have to talk to someone where i'm at then you know i know how to turn that switch on so in my natural life i'm an introvert so i go to an event um when i was in lagos with my brother and it was like this opening of some high-end um store of this high-end designer and um our friend is introducing us to different people and so it's like hey this is blah this is blah this is blah And I'm standing beside someone who doesn't know who I am. I don't necessarily know who he is for like a good five to ten minutes. But this person doesn't say anything to me. I'm guessing because I'm not in Bella Ninja like that. So maybe I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a, you know. And the person just stands there and I'm thinking to myself, what if I was someone who could catapult your business to the next level? But because you feel like I'm not necessarily, like you don't know who I am, um, I'm not a familiar face on Bella Jam. people don't talk about me like that, then, you know, I'm not going to say a word to you. And so it just like hits me, like you, you never know who is who, who's standing beside you, you know, who you're going to meet. If you're not, no matter, small talk, Small talk makes big money. And that's kind of how I've, you know, thought about it. If you're just standing by someone, make the initiative. Find out, you know, what do you do? You never know. It could be someone you could collaborate with, um, someone who could propel your business to the next level. But because we have that mentality of, ah, there's high class, there's low class, there's middle class, me, I'm high class. (laughs) Therefore, you know, you should be the one talking to me. I think we need to be making those first Taking those first steps, you know, and communicating with people, you never know who to. Yeah, I feel like we've been so negative because <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that are wrong in the situation, but I feel like there are so many people who have, you know, made strides and mm-hmm. come a long way and, and have risen above yeah, all the absolutely. challenges, mm-hmm. you know, have gone far and wide to educate themselves on how to you know, make the perfect yeah. business. So shout out to all those people who, mm-hmm. you know, have successfully or they are still like on their way to establishing their businesses and, you know, drawing audiences from far and wide because it's really not easy. Especially in this market, in this economy, like, 
people are still able to sell yeah. things that we don't really necessarily need but mm-hmm. hey yeah mm-hmm. and this is this is the thing where and just to like add on to that like yeah like you said like people are doing great things like they're um so many brilliant minds and so many brilliant like creatives mm-hmm. and makers and entrepreneurs like in um in and outside nigeria and in africa mm-hmm. and it's amazing to see what people are doing so like all the critiques we've brought up their critiques like there's always room for improvement mm-hmm. yeah. but all that being said our critiques about you know you know educational spaces and all of that like there are people in spite of that who who um have done really well mm-hmm. and like we mentioned some of them at the beginning of this episode um Ooh, that being said, there was a question on the spreadsheet um, about preferring local uh, foreign yes. goods to local goods. <laughs> and I didn't know if we wanted to talk about that on this episode, briefly talk about that to just wrap things up. Or Yeah, I was definitely I, I was trying to figure out how to transition to that, but we were really going deep into <laughs> this. <laughs> but yeah, no, does anybody have anything to start off with? Because I think that's... I think this like this is very interesting. It's a very interesting mindset that many yeah. people have. But anybody want to start off? I kind but, of uh, have a transition. So mm-hmm. I, not to be a broken record, but talking again about power and how it affects so many so many things. So my father studied studied food science and technology. So he had this dream of making Nigerian food, you know, packaging Nigerian food. So he had this dream of like powdered a way do or like you know dry a way do that you just pop into warm water and it becomes a way do we have this dream of um ti- mm. does anybody know what tiger nuts are yeah they they're kind of nuts and if you soak them in water you can make some kind of milk you know how they make almond mm. milk uh, and make yeah tiger okay. nuts yeah, milk yeah. so like there's so many people with ideas like these and so many innovative ideas like these and i think what is making us distrust or what is making me uh, let me speak for myself what's making me distrust some nigerian goods is that like people have been bitten before in terms of illness like so for example now if you 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 are producing something and because because i want to support nigeria i want to buy tiger nut milk i don't want to buy almond milk i don't want to buy i I lactose intolerance but if i don't know if I don't know, anyway, I don't know. I think I feel like I'm rambling, but yeah. basically, the preference from the preference for Western goods versus our own is a habit that was born out of distrust of the systems in place mm-hmm. to keep us safe and to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, that distrust is the habits that we have to break. So we're, I think we're well on our way and things are getting better and people are, you know, people are doing more by Nigerian and people are having more pride in Nigerian made goods, but mm-hmm. we have a ways to go. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but the first thing that came out of my mind when you said distrust was the whole Chocolat Royal fiasco. Oh my God. Can you imagine that, sh- that bullshit? That's a perfect, Wait, what? That's a perfect okay. example. Wait, what oh, happened? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, for for my benefit and for others listening. <laughs> so, um, pretty much, I think it was towards the middle or end of last year, they found out that a lot of the ingredients that were being used to make 
chocolate royal pastries were expired and not only were they expired i mean expired for years first of all and not only were they expired they not only were they expired people knew that they were expired and they kept using these ingredients they wow. bought them yeah. expired and they, so they were the, like so yeah procurement person would like you know, when when people are getting rid of their expired goods, somebody then goes to buy it. Imagine like, that. Just, just imagine that. Ship hey, it God. to Nigeria. And they so had storage the spaces <laughs> full of these uh, expired goods. And I guess to be fair, these people are the owners of Chocolate Real are not Nigerian. But I think the fact that they thought mm-hmm. that they could get away with it in Nigeria mm-hmm. just shows mm-hmm. that, okay, there's clearly something wrong with like, in our system. How could they buy yeah. expired yeah. products Ship them into Nigeria. Guess it will get through mm-hmm. customs, naf dak. <laughs> it's funny, it's funny, but it's not funny. Like, it's just, it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad that this kind of thing happened. And serious distress. I cannot, well, I've been there since the fiasco, but it wasn't my fault. I had to go. Um, but, ah, it was, it <laughs> you was went just. Back to Chocolat Royale. I, yes, am I, uh... I mean, I'm not good for myself. I went for somebody I'm, else. I'm so I, they're still open. How are they still open? They had to so rebrand and relaunch they now. Down, Business cannot yeah. die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to shut down for a while, but. Wow. I guess went up the standard. But then how long is that going to last? <laughs> Well, wow. until the next <laughs> discovery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Until the next scandal. Wow. <laughs> nothing was deep. Wow. Uh, how many years? Oh. Anyways, such a yeah. like <laughs> No more. Well, hmm. let me see. What else? This is the thing I was speaking, and the um, question of foreign versus local. Mm-hmm goods um when i saw that question on the spreadsheet immediately i was i i just had serious flashback (laughs) flashback to um primary school days and how you know after the summer the long vacation summer holidays like at the beginning of the school year you can tell the uh, kids that the kids the kids the kids that that spend summer vacation in London or you know people who just came back States. last night who, who, <laughs> people who people who people who gendered and those who didn't gender <laughs> those wanna be gendered people. <laughs> um yeah, you can just see like, you know, people like sporting like, you know, what 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 even brands are there? But you could just tell like the mead um planners, the mm-hmm. backpacks, the shoes, the Kellogg's the conflicts, wrestles, Nasco and Tropic. Mm. Yeah. Tropic. Guys, throwback. Yeah. But you know, even at that young age I felt like, you know, there was this, and even just maybe speaking for myself as well, it was just this, this almost knowing that what was bought from abroad, believing that what was, what somebody else, some other kid got in the States or England was better than what I bought from the market down the mm-hmm. streets. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess, yeah, from that age, you just, you know, grow up believing that, if it comes from outside Nigeria, it's definitely better. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's almost like we believe that the quality is right. better. Mm. 
And I think that's what it is, like, the desire for foreign goods, uh, makeup, um, accessories, clothes, um, bags, um, is is driven by the belief that, oh, it's def- it has to be better than what you can get in Nigeria. Um, and I think... And I don't... Is, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's, I don't know, it's just based on this idea that whatever the West makes is is the standard. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be striving mm-hmm. for. It's, you know, Mac is the way to go and uh, Michael Kors, that's, you know, if you're not holding Michael Kors, you know, if you're holding some Nigerian, unless, unless I don't know, unless it has a Karen Prince, then maybe, <laughs> you know, it's on, people might consider it, but yeah. Mm. If you're going to say something. I was going to say, this is Ife speaking, it's also a class indicator. So it's very, it's definitely uh, a, oh, true. you know, we are upper middle class to upper class. We jam, uh-huh. our goods are foreign, better respect, better recognized thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a definite, and Nigerians, you know how, hmm, Nigerians, maybe that's another topic for another day, Nigerian, <laughs> eh, <laughs> What's the word? Mentality? Obscenity when it comes to money okay. and how, like, clap. Like, you know, Nigerians Classes love to show that they are, eh? Hmm. They only drink <laughs> the periana. They only whatever, whatever. Whatever they do. <laughs> so it's definitely a class indicator, too. Yeah. The preference yeah. of for, um, foreign goods. I was uh, thinking no, about... So I know... Oh, oh, you can You can go... Oh, no, I'm just, this is Onyeka, just going off of the whole Western as a standard. And then when the West maybe recognizes a person, then that person becomes our person. Then we begin to see that person in a whole different light. So if, for example, a business had been run in Nigeria for a while and no one had anything about it, if it then appears on E, all of a sudden, who is that person? You know, and then the person starts getting recognition. So it's almost like, why do we wait to sell? Why do we wait for the West to celebrate our people before we see the value in what yeah. they do? So, case in point, right? Concussion, the Dr. <laughs> Omalu movie, and I have to say this because it really, really annoyed me to the bone when I was reading, um, you know, comments from people who were like, "Why do you mean Will Smith's accent was bad? And not every Nigerian has the same accent. We should be thankful that at least Hollywood is doing a movie about him." And I'm like, "Hold up, one minute." What do you mean we should be thankful? Let's call it spade a spade. If a person's accent is bad, their accent is bad. Everybody knows that Dr. Omalu is a great person. He doesn't need Hollywood to tell him that. So, did you know about Dr. Omalu before concussion? No. So, maybe you should do some research about your people. You know, figure out what they're doing. And don't be waiting for Hollywood to acknowledge them before, you know, they become our boys, you know, they are Nigerians. Before you put American, you say they are Nigerian American, just because, you know, they, they have to know that they're one of us. I'm like, come on. Okay, I'm done talking. American born Nigerian. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one thing I hate when they preface, like, statements. American, uh, France born uh, Afghanistan. I don't know, what do we call from Afghanistan? I don't know. Afghanistan. But I was just thinking about like, I was just thinking um about a cycle in my head and I think I counted it towards the end. That's why I didn't want to talk again, but I'll still bring it up. I was just thinking, um 
so yeah, there are, I mean, obviously there are many companies in Nigeria, especially recently, like, I want to think, I'm talking about like the fashion industry, just as an example, um, when it comes yeah. to like clothes and shoes. So, I mean, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I mean, yeah, we had the conventional tailor that's, you know, on every block everywhere in Nigeria, because the tailor everywhere in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But, um, so other than that, there, there weren't really many, you know, fashion brands in, Mm-hmm. Nigeria, the way you have, um, you know, Michael Kors or, you know, Tory Burch or, um, you know, all the popular brands that everybody knows. So there weren't like that many of those a couple of years ago. And I was thinking, okay, now that they, like, those people are, they're growing, they're increasing in number, we have orange culture, we have, uh, Larry I can't Silva, exactly, Larry Dancil, Deola Sego. But people still don't wear them as much as I would love them to. I mean, yeah, everybody loves Deolasegu. But how many people do you actually see wearing Deolasegu Deolasegu regularly? Not that many people. I think, I think it's because Deolasegu and Larry, what's the other one? Da Silva. Larry Da Silva. Um, Mm -hmm. There's another one. Um, something by Kumbi. April by Kumbi. April by Kumbi. All of those things. I think they're supposed to be luxury brands. So how many people, yeah. honestly, are wearing Versace or Pandawa, wearing eh? Gucci? Like, if, uh, I don't know. Are huh. you okay? Let, wait, let me let me just give you an example. Let me give you an example. I walk I walk <laughs> in into circles. church, for example. I walk into church. How many people are wearing like Hermes? Huh. Oh God, though. If, uh, if, if uh, okay, let me give this example. I walk uh-huh. into church, and I see people carrying all sorts of designer bags. Right, mm. none of which or neither of which is a Nigerian brand bag. And the other Nigeria, there are a couple of you know designers that make mm-hmm. bags in Nigeria. By Ruby, so these yeah. things, like all these designers, they are ev- people are wearing them left, right, and center. It's not a matter mm-hmm. of uh, how many people. Even if luxury, no luxury. Even as they are sweeping their house, they are carrying the Versace bag. So that's <laughs> not the issue. <laughs> I don't think that's the issue. Like, like what I was trying to say was that. Okay, yeah, they're, they're these beautiful, amazing and African brands. But there are things that are also kind of expensive when you come to think about it. So even if it's a pair of Deola Sego jeans, mm-hmm. those are very expensive. So you might as well just go and travel yeah. to London and buy, a, you know, a Prima. more, in fact, exact private jeans and come back and say no, you bought them in London. No, but I mean, sorry to cut you off, Amaya, though, mm-hmm. but there are actually affordable brands in Nigeria. Grey by Vel- Grey Velvet. They have mm-hmm. affordable things. So, so that, I mean, that's what I was saying. I think I counted myself as oh. I was thinking about it. Like, God. yeah, there are also some, there are some affordable brands, but also, I mean, if you can afford to buy an LV bag, you can also afford to buy a Shadow bag. And that's true. I, I really, I really count. I can, I was just, I just wanted to bring it up and like, yeah, hear what you guys wanted to say. Like, hear what you guys thought about my thought process. So, you know, <laughs> if that could spark some of that conversation. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people say, this is Onyeka, by the way, a lot of people say things like, ah, the price is too high for the quality that you're getting because manufacturing is not a huge thing in Nigeria. So a yeah, lot of these people, so you know, are not, yeah, they're not necessarily, so they have to factor that into the cost of what they're producing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's also a system, a systemic problem. If we had a huge, you know, uh, manufacturing industry in Nigeria, I believe those prices will probably drop. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we also have, you know, more affordable brands. Um, 
yeah mm styled by memco who if everything <laughs> what i talked about is definitely one person who i mean follow her on instagram you know you see all these affordable brands of you know things that you can buy as an average person but you yeah. know if i can shop and buy a chanel bag like let's guys let's help our own like it's yeah. it's really it's really not that that hard um one thing though that i must say however is that if I am buying your outfit, it better be your brainchild and not the brainchild of somebody else. <laughs> so, <laughs> case in point. Case in point. All right. I'm not trying to throw shade on this podcast, but some things have to be said. So, there was this, um, if, anyone, if you remember that one, you forgot um, crop top and pants the palazzo pants that she had in her collection that everyone was like oh this is nice oh this is nice come to find out that that was in a previous collection from ajiro amos tafiri so like you're not only Mm. appropriating um international design you're appropriating design from somebody who is facing the same same struggle as you're facing so it's like how am i going to support you if you're already pulling somebody else down Mm. so guys let there be love shared amongst us. If you're creative, <laughs> put your designs out there. If they're good, people will buy it. If not, move on to the next collection. Okay? Thanks. Oh, does anybody have any last additions to this topic or this whole buying African or buying Nigerian movement? Yeah, I would just like, I think, end with saying that. I think you know choosing to buy local um locally made products of a foreign made product it's I feel like it's a very personal decision mm-hmm. and you know if somebody doesn't like yeah it's I'm trying to gather my thoughts but like for somebody, maybe for somebody else on the street, they would rather spend all their money on Chanel they would rather spend all their money on Michael Kor versus like buying something that was like handmade you know, in Lagos. And I mean, I, I, I guess I can try to convince them otherwise, but at the end of the day, I feel like if people just have to make that choice, like to support, you know, local designers and to support local businesses. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's a very, it's a personal choice mm-hmm. that, you know, some people just feel like they would rather buy foreign stuff because it's more recognized. I think but. to be fair though, they, I mean, just to give some people credit, I've I've seen a lot of people, or there has been that movement, you know, buy local, buy local, and I've seen a, yeah. like a huge improvement in the past few years. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because you know now African stuff is cool. Maybe that's why there's some mm. sort of trend, um, you know, tag along with it. But if if that's what it takes for people to support local talent, then yes, please, it is cool. So everybody, let's all be cool and trendy and support. Local <laughs> efforts, um, but yeah. Does anybody have any shout out? I thought I thought I would end with, you know, shout outs to any brands, or I guess kind of did that in the beginning, but yeah, yeah we did. But I want to I want to mention Itwembasi. Yeah, fashion designer. I've been if I have when I have money, that's the first <laughs> luxury brand designer that I'm going to go and chase and buy all of our clothing. She has she she has really vivid, wonderful use of African fabric that mm-hmm. I love. Color. So shout out into Embassy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Shout out to Eve and Tribe. They are trying yeah. to be like the very affordable, fast um, fashion markets, you know, branding, whatever, in Nigeria and Africa long term. So hopefully mm. the Zara of Africa. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, I do yeah. love their stuff. Like, I mean, I see people wearing like, their, their tops and their dresses in the office. I'm just like, ooh, this is cute. This is adorable. Mm. I want that after you. <laughs> my... But yeah, shout out to Eve and Tribe. They're doing a great job. Uh, shout out to Jason Porsche, who is a menswear designer. He's young mm. and he is killing the game, bruh. So yeah, shout out to you. Shout out to myself. Yes, you Shout out to <laughs> Shout out yes. to the Terrence Bell photography. Thank you. <laughs> you no, know, but even while you be killing it behind that camera, though, you be killing it. Your your <laughs> photos you. are just more amazing. Mm-hmm. As like as you post them, I'm just like, yes, that's my friend. I know. I, that know like, I actually cannot wait to be shot by you. Like not. Gone. This is how she has yes. just signed herself up for a photo shoot. Even if you're taking it, if it is lifelong dreams of mine, <laughs> I'm actually speaking of which, I'm actually pretty excited to shoot my first Nigerian wedding. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> hey, when is the wedding? Oh yeah, that's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can find Eternity Bound Photography um, on via my website eternityboundphoto.com. So e- eternity b and bound b o u n d photo dot com. Yes. So yeah. Wow, I can't really went through this whole episode without oh. talking about your business. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. It was. It was actually. You know what? It was spirit led because at the end when I said shout out to me, I literally was not thinking about eternity. Well, he I, was just, I was just being very oh my silly. God. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just doing extra right now. I don't know why. Yeah, on that note, <laughs> it's been fun. On it's that note, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Not Your African Cliche this week. Uh, be sure to check us out on our social media platforms. Sorry, am I hijacking? <laughs> no, it's cool. That's, it's it's clearly a trend. That's cool. You just go eating. You just go. Yeah. So we're on Facebook, Not Your African Cliche. We're also um, on Twitter. I believe our handle is at NYAC Podcast. And we're also um, on iTunes, and so you can subscribe. We're on Stitcher. And it's really important to rate because that's how, you know, we get popular and people can hear about us and potentially sponsor us. And be sure to give us feedback as well. Um, Yeah, all that being said, we love you guys and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell your friend. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>